when you got to the league, who's the first person to bust your ass? Ooh. Hey, man, you know, I used to have problems with, uh, I had problems with Chauncey, man. Chauncey mm-hmm. used to destroy me, like, every single time I played against him, bro. Because he would, you know, I'm going to pick him up full court every single time, so I would pick him up full court, right. get a ball up, and walk me all the way down to the post. And then he had, like, this shot fake that he would do, like, every single time. And I'm jumping for it every time. He knew I was athletic. So this just was, like, mind games that he would play with me, bro. I couldn't stop him. Like, like, it was a nightmare. It wasn't like his physical ability. His IQ was better than yours. Yeah, definitely. Like, he was using he was using my aggression and everything against me. Like, he knew it. Like, he knew I was going to hungry and aggressive. So he was just using it right against me, give up the ball, walk me down, get it, and get me right in foul trouble quick. Yo, 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 we live on location, man. Quarantine season is among us. We got D-Miles over there in Orlando. I'm in Orlando, but we got Chicago Chi-Town royalty, man. We coming to you live on location from Will the Thrill Bynum's location at the crib. Legend. Man, appreciate you pulling up on us for the quarantine, man. How you living? Man, appreciate you guys having me on the show. Out of all the top schools in Chicago, you chose Crane to go to. Why you chose Crane? Man, when I was coming up, like I had been moving around like in, uh, in grammar school a lot. So we had moved from like project to project. We was going from uh, the Ida B. Wells to the um, to Inglewood. So we moved to Inglewood and then I moved back. And so I knew like growing up in the hood, like I couldn't, I couldn't go to school in my own neighborhood because that peer pressure of being in the same neighborhood and gangbanging would overwhelm me. So I knew I couldn't do that. So like Crane became like a, like a safe haven for me and an opportunity at the same time because Longstreet gave me an opportunity to play as a freshman, starting at point guard at varsity. You know, it allowed me to make mistakes early and it ended up helping me in the long run. But that was the process going into it. I was just thinking more so that I wanted my own team, my own opportunity, and I wanted a fresh start to build my own way you know, in the community and everything, instead of having that upbringing. You know how it is, Q, like you grew up in a neighborhood in Chicago and it, it don't even matter your character, you're just labeled whatever gang is in the neighborhood. Exactly. So it was more so with me overcoming and becoming bigger than all of that. The decision is what started that, going to Crane. When you was in high school, there was a lot of star power around. Like a lot of guys who names was like <laughs> big around. Was you going extra hard to try to prove yourself to be one of them names that everybody was, like, saying? Yeah, I mean, I was. But, you know, I, I wasn't more so into what everybody else was doing. I was more so into my journey of what I was doing. I knew it had a lot of things to work on. Like, and I was just trying to master my inconsistencies. So if I was, like, when I was coming up, I didn't like running. I didn't like training. <laughs> so I, like, you know what I mean? I tricked my mind into loving it. You know what I mean? I heard all the stories about, you know, KG coming up and how he's running on the side expressway and all of this. So I just adapted. I adapted everything from everybody, you know, including you, you guys. Like every good information I heard, I adapted it and brought it to me. And I ain't so much worried about what everybody else was doing, just so much the progress in myself. 
And then if I got the opportunity, I knew I would be ready because I was putting that work in. And that's where the confidence came from. At what point at the, in Chicago when you were at Crane, what point did you start? Did it start to click like, OK, I can see it in my I can see it from myself that I could I'm, I'm one of them. I could be one of them. Man, when we played my freshman year, we played against we played against yeah, we played against Whitney Yard. <laughs> then we played against y'all at, at Curie. And then we played against y'all at home too at, uh, at Crane. Right. Y'all destroyed us both times. <laughs> but I knew like I knew then if this the worst is gonna be, I'ma be alright. <laughs> right. <laughs> I knew that. Cause we was getting dragged that whole year. You guys dragged us, King dragged us. It more so inspired me than put me down to the point where, you know what I mean? I didn't want to you know, keep going to keep getting better. It inspired me to get better and do more. I knew it was only 24 hours in a day. Most people going to sleep eight of them and 16 left. Now it's going to put the work in in between them 16 hours. And that was my mm-hmm. whole, that was my whole mindset with everything, with life. And that's, that's how I just translated over. You got a chance to play with T.A. in high school. <laughs> like how how was that? Like how was you boys like to, to form that combination? Tony Allen. We, you know, we met. We originally met like uh, probably like fourth or fifth grade. They would take the top kids from the projects in Chicago, take the top kids and travel to like New York and go to a tournament. So this one year we had a tournament in Manhattan College, and uh, me and Tony went with the, a guy named Keith Sanders from CHA and Gil Walker. So they took us out there and. Uh, the first day, man, I met Tony, we got into a fight. We was playing, uh, we were playing 32, and Tony was, he was hand-checking me. He was getting mad. I was getting mad. I'm getting mad. We ended up getting into a fight. After that, we ended up being best friends. <laughs> that boy forward. That's kind of how it started. But then, That's you know, amazing. Tony ended up going, he ended up going to Julian. You know, he, yeah. he was, he was kind of in the streets, so he wasn't really, he wasn't really playing no basketball. Him and Dockery's at the same school, but he wasn't playing. So, like, I, I ended up seeing him in the summer of my freshman and sophomore year, going to my sophomore year after I played against you guys. And uh, I'm like, man, bro, where you playing at? He like, nah, I ain't playing nowhere. I'm hustling. I'm like, oh, no, no. Bro, don't even worry about it. I'm going to move. I'm gonna, come on. We're going to get you right. We hollered at Keith. Got him transferred to Crane. Shit, I, um, I ended up moving in with him. Like, and we, we work out, like, every single day. Get up in the mornings. And uh, he had like Saturday school, weekend school, night school, just to get his credits back right. And man, he grinded, he grinded like no other to get to change his grades all the way back to being able to graduate, you know what I mean? A little bit on time to be able to go to JUCO and fight his way up, man. This is a beautiful thing, you know, especially, you know, us coming from the ground surfaces together and, and me seeing that change. Yeah. Why you choose Arizona when you came out? At that time frame, man, you know, I was going from my, I had never played AAU. So like going into my senior year, uh, George Ravelin had reached out to my coach, uh, Longstreet. Yeah, he reached out to Longstreet and uh, he was like, man, the kid needs to be playing somewhere. I got a team for him because uh, Illinois Warriors was loaded and Illinois Fire was loaded. So it wasn't, and it was nothing but guards over there. I ended up in Racine, Wisconsin with Karan Butler, old team. With uh, Brace Center. So I ended up playing yeah. with him that summer. I went up from, like, not being ranked to, like, top 30 in the country that year. And uh, Arizona ended up coming on, like, like a little bit later. And, uh, you know, it was a dream come true for me. Like, coming from the hood in Chicago to be able to go to Arizona, it was like, yeah. you know, that was, that was happening for me. The learning process, like, it was uh, coming from Chicago where – 
where I'm used to like a, an aggressive style of coaching where coaches screaming in your face and, and you know, they warn you about every single detail to meet somebody like Lou Dosen, who didn't rarely say nothing. We didn't see to the first official day of, of practice. Like we didn't see Lou Dosen to the first official day of practice. So I didn't really understand that. But then everything he would say on the court would be like golden, like right. moves, how to split screens, like jamming up on the screen before, before getting over the top of the screen. Like little things he would say, and I was like, damn, you know the game. But I just didn't, un like, me leaving Chicago at that young age, like, I wasn't ready enough to be able to, like, convert over to that level at that time. I wasn't mature enough yet. So it was hard for was me. Was it, like, the system? Like, the system? Because it wasn't the system. It was more so the Arizona. It was Arizona. Like, life. Me, the me life. leaving Chicago and culture, being in Arizona. Yeah. It was a complete night and day change. I didn't understand. Like, it was just hard to, to fathom that, like, and being in Chicago that long is so much different. You know what I mean? Like, like we wasn't used to peace or like. Right. <laughs> so what came down and, and made you finally decide to transfer to G Tech? Well, we was playing against Texas. And uh, it was one versus two on CBS. And the first, I'm, he starred me on TJ Ford. I'm guarding. First two possessions of the game, he like reject the screen, get a pass to Eton Thomas, layup. Next screen, he rejected, hit like a floater. I mean, so yeah, he don't put me in for the rest of the game, like the whole entire game. So I'm Word. like, now this is on CBS. I know everybody in Chicago watching. I'm hot. Like, I'm furious. So I don't even show up to nothing else after that. I'm like, I'm, I'm out of here. But at that time frame, what I needed was a mature, an older person to come in and to, to show me Dude. the things that I couldn't see at the time frame. And which I didn't have, but I had to, you know, take another journey and go into Georgia Tech, and which uh, which taught me a whole lot too. So that that was tough in itself. But now looking back at it, if I would have stayed at Arizona, I mean, like it wouldn't have been like no, wouldn't even been an argument. I would have just put up with it, not playing, bust my ass the next night, like in practice, and and moved on to the next game. But you know, when you're young, you you go through those type of things, and and you make emotional decisions like that. And, you know, I end up learning from it, end up being some of the best, some of the best, uh, one of the best decisions that ever happened. Especially when you don't got nobody above you or somebody that you cherish what they say that can tell you, like, no, nah, you're doing wrong. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, if I would have had an Isaiah Thomas or a Tim yeah. Hardaway at that time frame, that's one thing so I much like, like, QNIM, like, playing with the Clippers, it was like, we policed our own. Like, if I was slipping or if I was doing something wrong, Q would say something to me. Or if he was doing something wrong, like we was all getting on, kind of getting on each other. So it was like we was protecting each other. But once I got traded and went to Cleveland, it was like, I really don't know these guys like that. And it's like, I'm just out here. Like, ain't nobody going to be like, D Miles, don't, don't do that. Or don't say that. Or you can't do this. It was like a total culture shock. Yeah. Like, being in a situation like that. Exactly. That's how it was for me at Arizona. It was a culture shock, man, night and day from growing up in Chicago. How was it for you when you got to Georgia Tech? Was that, I, I mean, I know Atlanta is, a, is, is to me, is night and day from Arizona too. So for you, was that a little bit more familiar? I, I know where G-Tech yeah, is. Yeah, my, my mom was also sick at the time. She had, she had got like diabetes at the time and we didn't know what it was. So we was going through that. So like, I wasn't going back to Chicago because of, you know, the upbringing and you know how that go. 
So like right. Atlanta was uh, the closest thing family-wise for me to go through and still be comfortable with like a family type of atmosphere after leaving from Chicago to Arizona and missing that so much. That right. was like the best choice after that. But it was, it was different there too. It was a lot of challenges there. It wasn't no smooth ride there. When I came in, I was like the outcast. I'm coming from Arizona. We number one in the country. They hadn't been ranked or nothing at the time. Bosch and them guys was there when I was sitting out. You know, Bosch and Jay Jack, that was his freshman year. Right. So, like, you know, I came there. I'm I'm doing things totally different. You know, I'm I'm working out late nights. They don't really understand that. Coach Ewell had us on the schedule from, like, 4.30 in the morning to 9 p.m. consistently. <laughs> like, early season, that was the consistent schedule. So, I'm like, Coach, I don't got no problem with the schedule now. It's just that in the lecture hall classes, I might not be able to make it. I'm going to go give me some rest because I got to go back to the gym after 9 p.m. After we get done with study, all I'm going back to the gym again. Because I'm using all of these days thinking, like, at some point, these days is going to add up me overworking everybody. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that was my calculations on it. And at the time, Coach Hewitt used to, we used to bump heads at the time. But, you know, it took for us to go through battles and wars for him to respect me. And, you know, that's where it's at now. And it's been there for a long time. And it's just, you know, it's appreciated. It's a love that it'll be out forever. So did the success there mean so much more after you went through all that? Like the success you had at Georgia Tech of y'all winning and going deep in the tournament? You know, I never really, like, uh, like accepted it like that. Like it was always like the next battle. So I never took it in like I was having success. Like to me, it was always like I wasn't getting the most from myself. You know what I mean? That's how I felt personally. So it would just like inspire me to keep going into the gym, you know, keep yeah. getting better, keep studying the game. Like, I mean, it took this, this whole truth thing and basketball took me on the journey to like life and like, nutrition and you know taking care of things that like you know coming from chicago i wouldn't know i wouldn't be able to do we was kind of stripped of that knowledge so for me man it's been a beauty in playing the game and and all the experiences that i have because it taught me you know how to be a father how to be a husband how to be a man how was it for you like after after you go to g tech and then you go you know you got to grind it out you go undrafted how was that first first run with you getting into the league for the first time? How what was that experience like? For the draft, first for the like during the summertime, the the process, I worked out for every team. Like <laughs> I worked out for thirty teams, and then I had I worked out with the Knicks three times. Like me and Nate Robinson worked out a day before the draft against each other. Me and Nate, so they was like supposed to be like what was trying that to decide like? between me and Nate. What was that bump like? What was what was that bump like? The two the it, two little big men. Oh, it was on. We was going at it. Nate, like at that time frame, Nate shot the shit out the ball, bro. Like like in the in the drill <laughs> part of it, he was right, right. Like, he was going nine for ten for ten. I'm going like <laughs> six seven. I'm pissed. Like damn, <laughs> I can't wait till we get to playing one on one. Right, and I knew that's why I would get mine back. <laughs> I, boy, I would love to see that one right there. Yeah, yeah, that's my brother, man. I love Nate, man. We originally met like uh, in Nike camp, in Nike mm-hmm. camp when I was coming out for Nike camp. Uh, man, we got some crazy, some crazy stories. I can't share with it. I had to share with it, <laughs> it off the court. <laughs> I mean, off here. Trust but me, yeah. we know. So you worked out for thirty teams, and then what? And um, Boston ended up signing me. Like they call, I ended up not getting drafted, and Boston ended up signing me for the year. 
And so I had a guaranteed contract the whole year. And that's what gave me the freedom to be able to stay and play in the D League and got called up later that year by Golden State. Mm-hmm. Like if that wouldn't if that wouldn't have happened, I probably would have been chasing some money somewhere in Europe trying to trying to get some bread to take care of my family. Danny Ainge gave me that, you know, gave me that opportunity. And uh, you know, it was everything. It was everything. I definitely needed that and I used it. I ended up getting a cut by Boston because they had a trade like right before the um training camp. And it was like 17 guys on the roster, 20 guys on the roster, but 18 of us was guaranteed. So they had to cut mm-hmm. like three. And I ended up being one of the three that they cut after I tore my hamstring. But that was a uh, it was a crazy experience, man. But getting paid, I was able to take advantage of the D League that year. And I, you know, I ended up getting like rookie of the year that year in the D League. Ended up getting called up by Golden State and getting double paid that year. So it was a it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Talk about when you went over to Israel, bro. I know me and you didn't talked about uh, a couple of things when you was over there, but just your experience. What was that like going over there and, and really putting yourself back in a position to, to, you know, for the league to come calling back? Man, Israel was uh, – it was like the, the final thing that I needed to polish my game, like to show my growth at that time. And, like, when I went over there, you know, and I'm coming over there from America playing the league, like, I'm about to dominate. Right. Like, that's my mindset. But when I get over there, I'm playing with guys that's highly, like, high, high IQ guys that's been playing for years. And it's like, they taught me, they taught me, like, how to play the game the right way. And it was a, it was a beautiful thing. That year, we ended up winning the championship, uh, the Israeli League Championship. We lost in the Elite Eight in the Euro League. Then the next year, we lost in the uh, championship of the Euro League. Just the value of sharing the basketball, the value of, like, leadership. And like, uh, you know, getting guys off and lifting guys up on the court, like all the little things that I didn't get a chance to do in college, I got a chance to to do on a high level at Maccabi. And then that was it. Like, that was a blessing. The fans, the fans over there is outrageous. The, <laughs> the best fans you possibly could play for, I'm telling you. Exactly. What was it like to when, you, when you found out, like, oh, man, I'm finna play for the Pistons. Like, I get another opportunity at the league so your, your your family and friends can really see you play. Man, bro, I never like? I never really been good with accepting good news. So like I never <laughs> I never really believed it like that. Like even though like I had signed and everything that year, like I never felt that comfortable enough to feel like that. Like you saying. Like even when I signed like a four year deal, three year deal, like I just never felt that way. You know, like is this something inside of me where it's like, I always have that chip on my shoulder. Like, I have to do more. And if I don't do more, I'm cheating myself. Tell me about exactly what you're saying, that chip on your shoulder. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't understand how us, you know, guys that come from Chicago and come from the neighborhoods we that we come from, a lot of us share that same type of chip on our shoulders and, and things like that. Tell me where you developed that from and, and why it's like that. Like, cause I feel like people, everybody won't, some will get it, some won't. I mean, I think it comes from being fearless, like not being afraid of whatever it is. Like that mental toughness, especially growing up in Chicago, it starts young, you know, because we have to go out and make decisions like adults at a young age as kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that if you're able to, to get past, you know, making those decisions, that mental toughness, it can carry you in anything because it's a relentless that allows you to keep going and keep getting better, you know, at a steady pace. And it's nothing that can do that can break your cycle. 
you know, that mental toughness, you know, comes from, you know, being around, you know, a mother taking care of seven kids, you know, with no, no one job, two jobs, you know what I mean? That that's the mental toughness that's entrenched inside of us that the kids now is confused with. They're using their heart to pick up a gun and shoot when in reality, like the mental toughness is being knocked down and getting back up over and over and over and over again, like consistently with confidence. Like that's what it's about. Like, but you know, we're in a different time now where we have to like hold ourselves accountable and spread the truth to these young, young kids, man. You know, it's, it's eventually it's going to be everything, the future. Nah, that's a, that's a hundred right there. With you, it's never a time that you're not getting it in in the gym. Whether you overseas playing, whether you were playing in the big three, like I feel like you one of them dudes, twenty four seven, three sixty five. We could call Will and like, hey, we got a game, and like you gonna show up and peak. You know what I'm saying? Shape, ready to go, looking like an action figure. You walking around with your little bag of whole food peanuts and stuff. I know you. I didn't see you come in with the walnuts and stuff for the this man. This man a fool with it. Nutrition, action figure on the body. Got water. Got got one of them twelve dollar bottles of water with pH and all of this in it and that alkaline. And, hey, the man a fool with it. But what I'm saying is like, when did you get to the point? Like you go to your Instagram and you doing moves that are completely different. Step backs, throwing the ball one way while going the other way and like that type of stuff like that. And now you to the point to where I feel like you are without even trying to be just like one of the dopest personal trainers, period. But like, I don't think, I don't know if you putting it out there like that or you trying to do it or you just do it with your family and your friends and you just out there doing it. No, I've been doing it like uh, last you know, I've been doing uh, the pre-draft camp for uh, like the last three years. I had a bunch of like a bunch of players that came through, but this year in particular, I got Killian Hayes. That's uh, that's coming from France. He's gonna be in the draft this year. I had him last year too. Real good kid, like about six three, six four, lefty, young, eighteen years old. He played a pick and roll, projected to be a lottery pick. I got like I got him. He'll be up in Chicago, you know, pretty soon. So I got him and I'm, you know, I'm working on him like those, like the creative part of development is like, you know, that's who I am because I put so many hours into the game. Like, like this is like everything to me, no matter what, if, if even if there was no money involved, I would still be doing this because of the love. You know, I mean, the love for the game is so much that the game has taught me, like, I feel obligated to give back, like to give back all of the information that I that I've learned along the process of this. Like, I have to give it back. And you've been seeing it like. Through Kendrick Nunn and through, you know, other guys, Milton Doyle, Alfonso McKinney, you know, every kid that comes through Chicago, I try to touch them in some kind of way. And I'm going to tell them something positive, something good, something that they can take with them for the rest of their life. And that's everything, like, to me. Yeah. Because, like, I, I didn't have that. Like, I didn't have that, and that's what I always wanted. So I would never not, at, at my own demise, I would never not be that person. I would take the hit mm-hmm. first before I before I do that. Because I know how bad and how rough it is to make it to make it up out of here. And, you know, a lot of people just don't understand that. You know, they talk about it, but they don't really understand it because they don't live here on a day-to-day basis. The homie Kendrick Nunn, how proud are you of him and the season that he was having? This Man, year? bro, like, the thing is, like, I seen this in him three years ago. Like, I seen it and I would be telling him. 
I would be telling them, don't let you come over to the house. I'm telling them, like, bro, trust me. Like, last year he came to L.A. when I was out there working with, uh, he came out there and worked with me for, like, a couple weeks in between Miami. He asked me about, like, what I thought he should do. And I gave him a whole breakdown, like, just a whole breakdown on, like, you know, how Pat Riley was. They like guys that's in shape. Already go down there in shape first. How you going to gain your respect is from your work. So be the first one there, the last one to leave every single day. And guess guess who's going to be the first person that come to you? Jimmy. Because that's who Jimmy is. So I'm telling them all of this like early. You see what I'm saying? And it kind of prepare him, you know, into the situation. And he's a little bit more comfortable. So you're able to like. I've been through that process before. So me, like you nervous and you, and you feel anxious and, and all of these. So to be able to get some solid information that you can use and apply, you know what I mean? It's everything. And for me to be, see him use it and apply it and then like be performing the way he's performing, bro, it's like, it's why I sleep well at yeah. night. Yeah, he a solid kid, man. He, he actually literally from my neighborhood, man, right in the hundreds, three, four blocks. Like I'm from 115th and Parnell. He from like, a, I want to say he said like 118th and, and like maybe Eggleston or Stewart or one of them joints. And it's like, yeah. that's four blocks west and three blocks up. You know what I'm saying? Like he literally from the hundreds right in my area. It was like, I was crazy. Cause like my, my assistant coach Cyrus, connected me with him, him and his dad is tight they went to, they went to mm-hmm. Simeon together and um so I hollered at, I've been hollering at him a couple times right before he got down into Miami so I had told him some of them same things you did like bro just go hard I say put your head down and work everything after that you could get better with but just if you put your head down and work you straight in and every time I talk to them you know I got a great relationship with Spo. Malik Allen over there, my old teammate. I still talk to Chris Quinn. We play together, Coach oh, Octavio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Chris Quinny, that's the homie. So I be hollering at him and just checking in on him early in the season. Everybody loved him. Everybody. I talked to Spo himself. He loved everybody mm-hmm. loved him. So I was like, dude, keep doing your thing. I didn't know he was gonna come out and go crazy like that and get all them opportunities. But I was happy for him. I was I was extremely happy for young boy. He he put come himself. Come on, bro. You know all we need is an opportunity. Yeah, you know that. yeah. That's all we need. Give us a little confidence, a, a little opportunity, and we're gonna go from there. We're gonna use that confidence and go from there. That's all he know. needed, bro. Tell me how you feel, how good do it feel to you to watch, you know what I'm saying, D Rose, man, his whole everything to go all the way up and then have his injuries and the trials and tribulations, but then to be where he is now. I, I like I said all the time, every time we see him playing and just being happy, like I just I'm he's somebody that I always root for. Yeah, like I think all of us kind of feel like that, you know, pretty yeah. much like about him. I'm just, um, like I got to be a part of that, you know what I'm saying? I got to be a part of, of helping him get to the point, you know, to where he's at now. So, like, you know, it's a beautiful thing, especially, you know, like I would reach out to him when he was going through, the, you know, tough times, you know, during mm-hmm. them time frames. And then, you know, I went out to L.A. with him. And stayed with him over the summer out there, and we trained together the whole summer. Yeah. So, like, um, I didn't know that. That's dope. I did not know that's that. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's my boy. So, like, you know, during those time frames, though, I'm giving away as much information as I can. You, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm giving, I'm get, like, on every avenue. But for him, like, I was looking at it, like, I seen that he was going through the injury, so it's about getting skill level up. You know, it's about getting your skill level up, mastering the pick and roll reads, knowing the different type of reads going to come off, knowing which guy to hit, knowing the answers yeah. to whatever reads that was. Like being able to take contact, make little mid-range shots off your right leg, like the little things, yeah. the in-between game. Like those are the things that you've seen his game take a major increase in. Before yeah, exactly. it was a lot of athleticism, angles, and and speed. 
Yeah. Now yeah. it's more so skill. He's getting the spots. He's beating you the spots. And you know, like uh, me and uh, my, my brother, assistant coach at the, uh, DePaul, he uh, he be working with uh, with D Rose. You know, too, like uh, personal training. Matter of fact, he's down there in Detroit now. You know, working with him. So like uh, me having conversations with him and, and telling him the things that I think when he asks me about it, like it's everything. And just having to being able to be a part of that and see him you know, show that shit, who we are, like who we are is that like you <laughs> doubt us and you knock us down and we constantly keep getting back up. Who we are is knuckleheads. They doubt y'all, you come back. You see, it's the same thing. It's the same formula. We all doing it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They knock you down, you get right back up again. And that's yeah. like the best podcast out there. You see what I'm saying? It's the same, <laughs> but if, if, wow. if you don't have a, the fearless approach to do it, to try it, it'll never happen. You know what That's I mean? why I say they don't know when you got to take two, three buses through the other neighborhoods to get to your school. Somebody like me, I'm going from the hundreds exactly. all the way to the west side, taking a metro, then getting on CTA, then getting off and walking across, you know what I'm saying? And all the while, you're going through all type of different gang neighborhoods, all of that. Mm-hmm. And you got to do this every day. Get up, every wash day. and repeat. And then when we go hoop, you know what I'm saying? We get good at basketball. Now they got to see if you tough. You know what I'm saying? Like, as soon as you get good, the first thing, now I'm going to lay his ass down, see if yeah. he get back up and come back. Yeah. And then you got that's why I'm saying, bro, like, that's what make me so proud and happy when I look at D-Roll. Because just like you said, he will all, it, it, it's within all of us. We exactly. got, like you said, that chip on your shoulder. You look at T.A., you look at all of the dudes that whatever the circumstance Man was out there hustling, slanging. You came and he got his grades right, was able to graduate, go to JUCO, OK State. Now you in the league. Now you about to get your jersey retired in Memphis. Legendary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No McDonald's, no none of that. But I'm a walking example that, it, hey, you still straight. It ain't over. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, this is two questions in one. Okay. But I want to talk about the sham guy, Hensy, that you did in the big three. The recreation and I want to talk of it. about, like, when you start absorbing moves, because, like, I look at basketball players, like, I put them in, like, superhero-type terms, like, the weapons you got. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody got, like, different type of weapons. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you try to add as many weapons as possible for you to have in your game you know what I'm saying? So you can do your thing. When you start like adding, you start seeing stuff and adding it to your game, plus putting your little style on it too. It started when we went to Manhattan College, me and Tony. When me and Tony Allen went to Manhattan College with uh, CHA Housing Authority out of Chicago, we played against Andre Barrett and Omar Cook at the time. I was the youngest uh. person. I was the youngest person on, on the Chicago team though. And they were a little yeah. bit older than me. But I had seen them guys. So I'm, I'm at the time, I'm in like sixth grade. And Damn. I seen uh, old Mop Cook brought out the Sham guy at Manhattan College during that tournament against the Atlanta Celtics. We ended up playing them in the championship. Shout out to Celtics. Yeah, shout out to Atlanta Celtics. Definitely. And um, and that's when I had first seen it. So then I'm like, oh, shit. now can't no guard in Chicago touch me. I'm knowing that in my head. Yeah. Right? Oh. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna go back home and I'm gonna work on this and I'm gonna do it on all the guards that they talk about good. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's that's what I did and I picked up on it. But that was the start of me like seeing something and picking up on it, then going to go work on it and it coming out in my own style. You know what I mean? Then the people in the city start to see me do it, and then that's how it kind of went the way it went. 
it's crazy. Like I just like the sham, the whole sham guy thing. You know, it's a guy named Bodoroga from Europe. He played in um, in Bologna, Italy. He's like a six eight ISO player. He plays ISO on the wing, but he got the sham too. But he mm-hmm. older, he older than sham guy. Oh yeah. hey. Yeah, but he nice with it though. So I said I played against him in Europe when I went to Makati. He would do it in the game, like off the block, catch it off the block, face up, right into it. Talk about nasty, all ice <laughs> the whole game. It kind of took off way more overseas before it did here, because you seen and like this is how back when Ginobili, Rod Manovic, it was way more Euro dudes like in our era doing like now you see the young boys there you rust and all them there yeah hit you with but I'm talking about like when we was first coming through the early like it was mostly only Euros Ginobili pull that thing out on the break like yo he just what he just did the head I say shamba. folks were scared to do it early that's but what I'm saying they, we weren't they knew like from Ginobili and those guys they got it from Bodoroga that's yeah. cold yeah that's <laughs> yeah, cold I'm telling you when I went over there when I went over to Europe dog I would go over there and study the film like like crazy. I was studying Yes Cabbages. He was the last point guard that was at Maccabi yeah, that won a championship. He was rough. Absolutely. Yeah, so I like I I would study like non-athletic point guards because I was athletic. So I knew like if I could pick up on how to dominate the game from the shoulders up from a non-athletic guy, like a guy like John Stockman, for instance, if I could pick up those qualities, I knew it would make me a better player. You know, but it all started in Manhattan College though when I seen Omar Cook and Andre Barry. After that, it led to you know, Michael Jordan and, you know, my brothers used to study Michael Jordan. He taught me how to originally, like, watch film. So, I mean, I just kept going with that, like, over and over again. Allen Iverson, Stephon Marbury, Steve Francis. Like, I just took from everybody. Hitters. Yeah, I took from everybody. Like, I, I'm i a real student of the game. But that's the only way you kind of know where you're headed if you study it. I definitely know you're a student of the game. But you were one of those people, like, I feel like, like James Harden. You stretch the game. You stretch the rules. You know oh, yeah. what I'm saying? Like some of the moves that you try to attempt, it, it looked different because <laughs> people don't work on them moves. They work on basic moves. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. how James Harden kind of add different stuff to it to be like, look, oh, he said we can jump stop right here. I can stretch it to something. Hell, why I can't jump stop at the three-point line? You know what I'm saying? But what made you start like stretching the rules? Like creating different angles and, and shifting different. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's the creativity of like the advancement of the game. Like sometimes when I'm at the house and I'm chilling and I'm going and watching film, I'm looking at different ways to create more space. So like that took me on a on a journey of shifting different directions. Like like shifting off one foot, you know what I mean? Covering more space, covering or less space. Like it, it took me on a journey of that. And I've been doing that since like China. Like after I left the league and went to China, that's when I started like breaking it down like that and trying new things because they would like clothesline me and, and like if I get it off the rim and, and try to push it, they would come like clothesline me. And I get I go around the pick and roll, split the pick and roll, they would trip me. So I would have to try little things and do little things to figure out how to like get through it without having to complain to the officials and but still take them out the play. Hey, go back to the like the big three when you kind of set this boy up for the, the sham guy and Hezzy, though. Like, like you knew. Cause like, I mean, I just got no, like, like when you walk up on so I know I'm finna hit him with this right to left and they finna go for it. It's like you knew he was finna go for it because he was playing so hard and so tough on defense. He, he trying to step in front of you. Yeah, like, I explain like what you did to that boy. 
I mean, I knew he <laughs> like Mike Taylor, thirsty, hungry. He from you know, he from the Midwest, so he like I knew he was gonna be aggressive. He was hyped beforehand, hey, so I hey, knew. Yes, he is. Like he, I'm talking about the man was hyped before the game. Before the game, he's screaming to the top of his lungs in the locker room, like top of his lungs. You he know me, turned. you man. I don't <laughs> like. I don't like that type of shit. Like <laughs> it's just like it, it make me. I don't know, man. It's just some Chicago shit in me. It make me. It make me get into battle mode. I get into battle mode with shit like that <laughs> when I see stuff like that. So like, man, I knew I knew that I like he would be ultra aggressive, man. I knew he'd go for thinking I was gonna sham God. I knew it. <laughs> like I just knew it from just playing so much, dog. You know how it is. Like how you you know on a pick and roll, sometimes you can just feel when the person don't they gonna jump out. Yeah, I was, how to attack the pick and roll and you split. Is this a I was jumping up and down. I was like, yo, that was crazy. I, I had to grab the remote, rewind right away. Like, oh, my God. Nate on the baseline running around. Y'all didn't clap foul. I'm like, oh, my God. This is nasty right now. Because he tried to fall to try to get up and hustle. I'm like, oh, no. Hey, hey. He took that bitch out quick and tried to come right back. Yeah, oh, now nah, he came right back, though, Mike Taylor, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, nah, Mike, now nah, he definitely stuff. a dog, bro. I'm like, bro. Bro, when we short story, when we played them, same thing you said. You know, they doing all that screen. We the defending champs right now, right? You know, we got all like Catino, we we real OGs. I'm sitting there now. I'm sitting here looking at him. Like you said, he over there on a million. This man bouncing off the walls. He's screaming, he running, he won't stop moving. I'm looking at him like, bruh's over there tripping. Now you know me, you know me, G. I'm sitting there like. So then I'm just chilling. I'm like, whatever. Then he took it too far. Right before we about to kick it off, he just came and ran over and going to stand all in front of the, our, our little bench in our area doing all this. Man, I started. Now you do it too. Man, I just stood up. I walked over. I said, man, no, nah, no. Nah, don't, don't. And he like, oh, no. This guy said, I had to figure out he was cool and all that. I left him alone. I, but I was about to jump on his head. Like, come on, bro. I said, hey, man, don't come back over here. I huddle no more, bro. I said, you can do what you're doing over here. You come back over here. It's going to be some problems, all right? Yeah, the same thing happened with uh, Frank Nitty too. He ain't really know what he was in for. <laughs> it was kind of kind of same thing. You know, they kind of see they see my career and they kind of think like, you know, he 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 just all right. Like he just all right. He'd be all right. Like it ain't gonna be nothing like that. Yeah, but they had no idea. Like you know, what I mean, how I work, who I am, like how I am, who I am as a hey, person. Hey man, you're a legend. Like you're a legend in these streets, man. They, boy, they don't really. Out, man. But I take it serious. I take the game serious. Like I don't. I don't play 100%. with the game if I like if I played with the guy, I wouldn't even be playing. Like I wouldn't even play. I wouldn't play in the big three or nothing. Play with the basketball guys. Like when I approach when I approach the big three and all that, I'm approaching to destroy. Right. Like I'm train I'm training that way. Like we was training all summer with Corey and uh like why I had the pre-draft people, I was still working like with Corey McGetty and Cat Mobley and uh, T Scott. So we we always there. So they they know. They know I was telling them. I was telling them about all of this beforehand. Tell me about the impact you feel like that you've left. You know what I'm saying on Chicago, because regardless of what you know, anybody outside that joint talk about, we know what your name mean at the crib. You know what I'm saying. And then you look at the guys you've impacted, influenced with. You know, like you saying Kendrick Nunn's, Pat Bev brought you up when we had him on the show. And, and just the impact that you and the way you still like you say you want to touch every guy that you can to come through and try and point to him some type of way. What do you? How do you feel about the way you able to impact and the way the guys receive you? I don't. I don't really feel it, bro. I don't really feel it because I don't. 
I don't do it for that. You know, like I don't, <laughs> I just, I see so much of the need of opportunity and the need of guidance and the need of certain things that like, I don't have time to think of it like I'm doing something good because it's so much, it's so much needed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so much needed. So it's more so an obligation, like a life obligation for me, more so than anything. Like, Well, let me let me give you a, a little sidebar and another part of that life obligation, because I'm going to tell you the truth. You need to put yourself in an obligation to to acknowledge that sometimes because you 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 know what I'm saying you doing solid things for a lot of people. And I feel you. I feel the way you wired and all that. But sometimes you got to stop and. Not to celebrate yourself or go too crazy, but feel that. Feel what you did. Acknowledge what you did. I mean, we in the world. Things. Q, we in the world full of that. You know, like like they take it. That's why I ain't, nah, I ain't telling you to do. Like, I ain't telling you to do it like that. I'm telling you to do it the right way. You know how the real ones know how to sit there and enjoy. They did. You know what I'm saying? Acknowledge they did. So I ain't talking about no gloating and all. I'm talking about you know you humble, bro. It ain't in you to do it the wrong way. I can, everything you saying, you ain't built that way. You ain't wired that way to be arrogant with it or whatever. So that's why people like you, more so than anybody else, deserve to take them little moments here and there and feel good about it. Because yeah. you're going to get right back to it. You you looking for the next battle right away anyway. You feel me? Yeah. You ain't waiting. You ain't, you ain't like dwelling in there. You on the next thing anyway. So that's why people like you, more so than others, need to do that. Yeah, it's, it's a reason we want you on the show. We wanted to let you speak and you know what I'm saying? You don't get that many opportunities to like talk and we wanted to use our platform to to really show like you, like you're Absolutely. a legend. You're I a legend. Appreciate like, it too, like, bro. like you worked hard to earn everything you get and you need to know that. Like real ones know, we know, we know the work you put in. Like we know what you did for your name to be rang in the street. Some of the best ballers will say Will Bynum name. Out of all the people named they can name in the NBA, some of the best ballers be like, Will Bynum was that dude. And they fucking right. He was that man. Like, you worked hard to earn that. And, like, shit, you need to know. And this is the reason that we got you on the show, because, shit, you that dude, bro. (laughs) And you worked hard to be that dude, man. And just because you ain't had the Hall of Fame career or you ain't getting drafted number one or or make an all-star. I ain't make an all-star game. I ain't get... You know what I'm saying? I ain't made no Hall of Fame, but shit, I know I did something. You know what I'm saying? And I got a lot of knowledge to give to people. So fucking right. We gonna praise you. That's what this show about, the show, the culture. Ain't all about just the name, but it's about the culture. You one of them, bro. Man, I definitely appreciate it, bro. Like me, man, I don't, you know, I believe in a higher being, man. So like, you know, that's where it's gonna come from. You know, that's that's where the praise gonna come from. I like I'm looking forward to that. Like because I know too many people here ain't gonna understand it. You know, it's just the way life rolls. That's why I say, you know what I'm saying, we it was a must for us to have you on because I'm not tripping. I, I get it. It's gonna be people don't understand, you know, always. But for me, I love the fact like like D said, we use our platform for this, for for to use people like you. You an example, bro. You wasn't you wasn't drafted. You wasn't this. You wasn't that. You still was there though. Never let it stop you. You know what I'm saying? You, you whether you had to go overseas, you had to do this. Like you a walking example for all. For so you know how it is. Just like you said, it's needed for people. That's why we need to have you on this show. So the kids at the crib, no knock against nobody. It's great to be number one and the number one pick and all that. But guess what? 
Everybody can't be number one. Everybody don't fall out the womb just oozing talent, oozing skill. But that don't mean it's over for you. No. Like, this is proof. This is proof. You transfer And it ain't schools, just playing. It's not that. just playing the game. Q, you could tell them how, how many ball boys have you seen as general managers now? Man, getting like, it in. On. Made their way and all the way up. And if Video they can guys. do it, we can do it with the resume that we have and all the basketball knowledge we've been through. It's just applying it and having the right mentality and approach to it. That's all it is. Yeah. Like, man, you know, you know, like you, like you say, make it pro again. Make it pro again. That's the, it's the same MO. It's the same grind. It's the same thing. Straight up. Who are your favorite, your favorite five point guards of all time? Your favorite five? Of all time. Hmm, that's tough. My favorite five point guards of all time, Allen Iverson, definitely in there. Magic Johnson, Zeke, for sure. Facts. Uh, man, I like Curry, man. Steph, tough. I like Curry. But I'm explaining to you why I say that, though. And uh, the fifth would probably be um, CP. I rock with CP. All time. <laughs> CP is a boy. Curry, man, Curry don't get enough credit, man. Curry changed the game, literally. Yeah, a, a lot of people like to hate on him, man. I man, don't know why. Man, you can't. That's a bad boy right there, man. And he put man, in the nice work. Man. Killer. And he put in the work, though. Like, like he got strong go in back, everything. Go, go back, go back and watch him from Brooklyn Davidson and watch the summers, them summers where he was in them summers because I'm a, I'm a workout guy. Like, so I be I be seeing all of that during the time frame. But if you go back, like you see, you see how he got to the point to, to where he got to. Like you can see it, you know. But a lot of the kids, they just overnight start shooting like that. <laughs> it never worked that way. <laughs> you know, once once they see something like now, you know how we was like, you know, we was trying to get the VCR tapes of any game. I'm saying VCR tapes, man. Yeah. I tell you how old I am. But you was trying yeah. to get them VCR tapes of any game, them and one mixtapes, mm-hmm. like. Anything that you can see and you can take it, but now they got YouTube. So when they seeing a 360 between the legs dump, they like, oh, that's possible to do. Bruh. I can do that. Forget <laughs> YouTube. Like YouTube, yeah, they got that, but bro, it's apps. Junior NBA home court, they got apps where they sit in front of you, show you move for move, show you how to do it, then you go do it. Like, bro, it'll be OD. You know how we would have been when we was coming up, bro. That's what I'm saying. So imagine how much better the basketball players going to be. Like, it's going to be unreal at some point. They might have to raise the rim. Hey, you remember when when T.A. used to be a bucket getter and he used to dunk (laughs) and all that stuff and now he's straight. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when T.A. used to get buckets. Hey, don't nobody act like they don't remember that, though, bro. They act like he's just some defensive player. The man was scoring the whole time. He didn't like playing defense at first. <laughs> Mr. 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 Windmill. Doc put him on game. Hey. When Doc put him on game, up. he put me on game. I put Pat on game. Just keep <laughs> on passing it down. Word <laughs> up. Straight up. <laughs> For real. That defense, that defense is the formula though, man. Especially for these city kids. These city kids, yeah, you got the like toughness, you got the heart already. They got all of these people who want to look cute. They want to score these points and do these crossovers and moves. Set yourself up to be one of the guys that stop all of that. That's why I like I like the kids that want to do both. I want to I want to score all the points and lock up everybody, and that's how I Absolutely. work. Absolutely, 
I mean, that's the game, though. Like, that's the game. Like, back then, you had to do both. Yeah. My, my kid's going to not be able to shoot offense on certain certain hours <laughs> of the day or something. Like, listen, you got to look. I don't know how I'm going to get this Chicago shit in them, but I got to do it something. I know it's DNA, but, get, I, hey, listen, they going to get some of this. We need them to have it. I got to take them to the courts a couple summers in a row. Like, hey, man, go ahead. Just drop them off. Leave them there for me. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. Uncle D going to put them bowls on them. Uncle D going to put them bowls on them. <laughs> it's already in them. They going to be straight. They got y'all. Hey, already there. Tell me about your nephew, bro. I be seeing the clips. Uh, we got a young, we got a young monster yeah. coming through. I see he getting like he right up under the wing. You just didn't you just come from working him out right before you came here, right? Yeah, yeah. My nephew, uh, my my him to go to Simeon. They won city championship. Powerhouse, Shattown Powerhouse. Yeah. Okay. He got like two two city championships already. Junior about to be a senior next year. Be his last year. He committed to DePaul. So, okay, uh, okay, he going to yeah. okay. I he like that. He got he got a lot to go, man. He, he a dog though. He got he got it in him. He got a lot to go, but you know you got to keep working, man. Keep polishing because every level you go up to it start over from scratch. You got to keep proving. Yeah, the start. That's dope to hear. I ain't know he had committed to DePaul already. That's dope. Oh yeah, you know he he read all the stories. We got the Clippers. I got everything. I never like I got with you. I got game against you downstairs right, right now. VCR <laughs> tape. I got everything I've ever did the last 20 years, 25 years. Straight up. Yeah, That's I just, because I studied the game like that. So every workout I was doing back then, I would come back and watch the full work on it to see if it, like, if my shot was the same every time. I was trying to, like, man, I'm trying yeah, to You got to go ahead and put that footage <laughs> to use and put you out of tape, bro. You got to put you out of workout tape, bro. How you on, like, them better basketball joints late night on, on NBA TV, you know what I'm saying? Be playing. Get your handles like Will the Thrill Bynum. <laughs> I got all I'm working. I'm working on a documentary with uh John Ross that uh has something to do with barbershop too. So I'm working oh, okay, on trying okay. working on trying to um trying to get it out there. I've been writing writing a bunch of stuff, books. And I had a store that was supposed to be opening up like during that time, like a shoe health and wellness store, but since you know the corona and everything, that kinda, you know, pushed that back a little bit. So I've been on yeah. I've been definitely on top of it. How you been doing with the quarantine? Like, oh, I'm great. Like, how you and your family doing? Like, I know you're a health junkie and you got to work out. You still getting your workout? I know you getting your workout. Yeah, I got a gym. I got a gym in the house. So, like, I be, you know, I got a sauna, like, all like all type of machines. Stuff. So, I work out. And, like, that's how I always stay in great shape because I, I got a sauna inside with a bike that inside man, look, the basement. Man, he, 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 <laughs> said he, he said he he quarantined already anyway. He good. He yeah. been practicing social distancing. It's like, like more no, than no hard adjustment. Been, it's been good for, like, the entire family to try and get them over on certain things like plant, like trying to get everybody on plant-based, you know, plant-based products and just everybody taking, taking advantage of their supplements on, on a daily basis. Like, you know, a lot of people, like people growing up, like, where we grew up, like, you don't know anything about any of this. You don't know anything about the 102 minerals in your body and keeping them stable and able for you to be able to perform the way you perform. Like, like we, we don't know nothing about this. We eat McDonald's before the games and going to the game. So like, you know, like, for me to quarantine, I get to pass all of this down to my, you know, to my nieces and my nephews. My kids, they already in it. They gonna listen they now. Huh? Yeah, they, they gonna listen, listen now. They listen now. Hey, that's what I'm saying, they though. Like, hold up, now. man. We need to, this type of stuff I'm saying, like the NBA, the NBPA, they, they can't know that you got this type of knowledge and they ain't reaching out to you, have you come to the team awareness meetings or the rookie transition programs and being able to, you a perfect example of somebody who come in and talk to the guys about nutrition, 
keeping your body right, all that. NBA, holler at him. NBPA, holler at him, man. Ain't hard to find, man. Goodwill, bind him up in there, man. Have him come speak to these kids and tell them what's good. Oh, absolutely. Hey, my, my last thing before I get you out of here, I would be remiss if I did not ask you about your takeaways from the last dance, being a Chicago kid like me that grew up on mic, heavy on mic. How how satisfying has this been for you to sit here and get the little behind the scenes when they pull the curve back and we get to see it? It's complex being in this time period and right now what's happening and be able to, and to see that like that. You know, like if you ain't no killer or no dog, you can't really, Understand. you can't relate to MJ. Like MJ exactly. gonna seem, you know, he he gonna seem different to you if you don't hold yourself accountable. You know what I mean? You ain't gonna like MJ if you ain't like. Right. You gotta be built with something inside of you if already, and if you don't got that already, he gonna show it to you. Like, but this how we come it. up. We come up like that, so we embrace stuff like this. That's the difference. But we are not the world's perception. So the world's perception of it, it looks like he he's angry or a bully and all of this. It's like. Nah, look, when you're going to do an assignment and you're going to do a job, you ain't worried about how cute the job get done. We're about getting the job done. Facts. That's what it's about. You know, Mike got the job done. But, you know, like on the whole Mike LeBron thing, man, it can be two people great. Like mm-hmm. LeBron is, great, is the greatest at what he does. Like at what he does, he's the greatest. We ain't seen nothing like that. And Mike is the greatest that we ever seen. They both are. It's just like. You know, you can go when you start talking about what is the best, you got to go into things off the court. You know what I mean? Especially with two people that's so super talented. You know what I mean? It's like your impact to us, impact to the next generation. And LeBron, yeah. you know, Mike had a crazy impact to the next generation. That's how we all got here. And now LeBron's going to do the same thing, but his impact is going to be even greater because of the opportunities and everything that's happening now more so than what it was back in the day. So it's not a comparison, more so than a connection. Like, it's all connected. You see what I'm saying? And it wouldn't be one without the other. And now we're going to see a bunch of great players in the future because of this. No, that's real. I I feel what you're saying. But when I compare the two, I have to say one is better than the other, and I just say Mike is the best. That's just me. I'm built and I'm cut like him, and I just feel like it, we ain't we won't never see nothing else like that. Yeah, you'll never be able to know that because they'll never be in the same. You know what I'm saying? You'll never be able to know what it would be. So it's not even. I look at it from the standpoint like when you look at, I can't kind of say when you look at Bill Russell, like him, Bill Russell and Kareem, they they belong in the place of dominance as far as like when you go to the ghosts like those two in particular the level when you look at Kareem when you go to all the way back to high school and college all he did was win championships mm-hmm. Bill Russell won 11 in the league so it's like when you go to that like they are the ultimate ultimate winners in a team sport you know what I'm saying but when you look at same thing when you go to MJ to me it's like in particular when you're talking about him and LeBron the 6-0 and just changes it we got there six times and we never even got to a game seven. I made sure of it. I'm taking every MVP of the finals trophy home. We got there because of me. We won because of me. And everybody knew it. Walking into it. I mean, but everybody that's, that's who it. Mike is. Like, that, that's, that's who what, he that, is. But that, that's why I'm saying that's what separates it from <laughs> yeah. me. Because this is, this is how I'm built. Like, I'm not saying that LeBron don't play it the right way. But we all know, with a couple exceptions, the past to Kerr, the past to Paxson, like, 
hella hot water. That's MJ for the game every time. I think I walking think, down that I hallway. How many times he's failed? And LeBron's impact gonna be crazy. Like it's gonna be something that we've never ever seen. Before. Oh yeah, I mean you got it, but I mean that's that's with the with the advancement of time. Social media helps that. The you know mm. what I'm saying that whole that's what I mean. Like that. like he took Michael Stardom and took it to a whole nother level of stardom. The way he's mm. handling himself as a as a black man. That right there, like, it's never been anybody from 16, 17 years old when he was on that Sports Illustrated cover as a chosen Come one who's on, had bro. this much expectations exactly. and who has been this flawless with their execution. Come the on, worst bro. thing we could say about him is the decision. That ain't nothing, that ain't Come nothing illegal. Like, that ain't nothing to, you ain't getting no, you ain't getting no real trouble. That's just an opinionated situation. Like, if that's the worst, like, the dude has been Flawless when yes, it comes in. There ain't nobody, anybody to say different. You hate. And then so look what, what he I'm did saying. to his people around him, man. Look at the look straight at up. Come on, Big boy bro. bossed like- him up. Big boy. All right, man, that's a wrap, man. I appreciate you, bro. We got Chi-Town royalty in the building. My main man, Will the Thrill Bynum, bro. We appreciate you coming through, man. People need to tune in and check it out. This is legendary right here, Chi-Town. Man, I definitely appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on here too, bro. Know it's all love, always will be. Players Tribune.com